0: Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 39, the Punchboarders reach into Richie's mailbag, head on over to Clef's for a Essen. Corner, and finally, wrap it up with a draft of games we haven't played in over. A year. Hi, everybody. I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. No, I'm Richie. I'm back, guys. Yay! It's, it's good yes, to so have finally. you
1: back. It's good to have you Ooh. back. Back from the back from the big city, Kansas back, City. Back.
0: Ooh, boy. So wasn't you know wasn't so bad. I got I spent a little bit of time at the casino playing a little poker. You know that was fun.
1: You got to go to a baseball game. too. I got to
0: go three baseball you games. You went to three. I went to three. W- 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 weren't you supposed to be training? Well, I was. This was in the evening time. He, no. he okay. did not play. He
1: <laughs> could not play any board games. He told me he brought. Yep. You brought one game to Solo, and you didn't even play that.
0: I it was uh, Castles of Burgundy, the card game, and I set it all up, and I had the whole thing, and I like drew my first two cards, and I was like, "Yeah, no, this, this, <laughs> I just put it away." Yeah, I literally did not play a board game the entire time that I was down there. Nothing. That-
1: that is probably why Richie, that is probably why he set up your birthday party game day for you, basically. Oh, <laughs> like, I know. He was. he
0: was like, Okay, I can come back this day and board games.
1: And it was
2: right? <laughs> we were talking about dates and he was like, Up, oh, this day. Yep, yep. Yep. We're, we're doing it this day. This so. where,
0: yeah. I was playing board I didn't care who I was playing board games with. I could have played with a three year old. I didn't care. Yeah, you were. I'd have been you... like, here, we're playing Great Russian Trail, k- kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> drawing cows. <Yep>. Choo choo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but you uh, had a good birthday, didn't you?
2: I had a very good birthday. I yeah. got in a lot of good games, and then I even got surprised. I got to go to watch those Huskers put up a good fight against the, the Buckeyes.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I'd call that a good fight. That was, yeah, it was a great game. So, anyways, about yeah, we, the yeah, games that you on. played <laughs> on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's just not go there. All right. So, yeah. What did you get to play on your birthday game day?
2: Actually, we got to play Lorenzo. We played Great Western Trail with the player powers. Oh, yeah. As well. That was actually very cool. Player powers created by Clef.
0: We'll see. Uh, you know, they were fun. It was fun. Yeah. I mean, regardless, it was fun. I, but- I've, I've done it. Three times now with the with the player powers. I it's, wasn't even uh,
1: I wasn't even there for that. I, I no, but I heard you guys had a good time. Yeah. I was envisioning like player power. Uh, you every time you pass Kansas City, you get to slap the player to the right of you or <laughs> something <laughs> like that. <laughs> or no, was it actually a, u- a useful player power?
0: Oh, no, they were. You know, there. This was uh, the funny thing is, is I this was probably like three years ago. I think I was sitting at work and didn't want to work, so I just decided to create player powers. So long before the expansion. I mean, they're... You know, they're typical things that you would think of for Great Western, like, you know, like you get extra cattle to start your handoff with, or when you go to Kansas City, you might get like an extra plus one on your cattle and, and things like that. So, you know, they're, they're interesting.
1: I mean, that's how much most designers start out, you know, I mean, I, I. I remember listening to an interview from Alexander Fister and he he started out designing little tweaks and expansions to games that he loved. So hmm.
0: maybe I'll have to email these to Alexander Fister and then he'll be like, "Who the heck is this guy?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yep.
2: I'm telling you it, it worked well. so well, good I yeah, well, wouldn't I'm be glad afraid about that. Uh, but the game I did want to talk about uh, that I got to play it wasn't on my game day, but oh, I did get to good. play with Jessica was Colors of Paris.
0: From, oh, you brought it. It looked really pretty. Yeah, I did bring it. You know, not that, that matters, but it, it looked pretty. Yeah. Well, I,
2: I will be honest. I basically bought it just because it was pretty. and It was from Super Meeple. Okay, All I right. didn't know anything right. about it other than that. Okay. So, Super
1: Meeple. Do you know who the designer is on this one?
2: It's designed by Nicholas D. Oliveira. I apologize. I know that's not right. Anyways. So it's like <laughs> aloe vera? Like the stuff you, yeah, put, like on the stuff you skin, put on your skin? Yeah, like the stuff you put on your skin. After summer? a sunburn, yeah. Okay, okay, just yep, checking. I it. know exactly all about that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, so Super Meeple usually does pretty good productions. I assume that this was one of them.
2: Absolutely. They did a beautiful job with this one. And in this, this is a worker placement game where, and the the part that I really liked about it is that, so the main board where you place your workers at, there's two tiers. There's a lower tier and then a a top tier. And on the lower tier, there are several spaces that are around uh, a bunch of different actions. There's probably about eight different actions in the game. And some of the spaces have one or two spaces where you can go for a single action. So it's possible that you can even send two of your workers to that space during a round and then some of them just have one and at the end of the round the bottom turns so then there are actions that will not be available next round there are some that um, you can actually go on that upper tier there are some spaces on there that allow you to uh, modify how many spaces you're going to push it but that's the that was the kind of really cool part in this game but what you're trying to do is that your painter's in a studio and you are trying to become some type of leader in the studio. Like I said, it's a worker placement game. On your turn, you're gonna start the game with three workers. It's possible to get up to six. And the way that the game ends is either someone paints two paintings or there are five black cubes. And if those five black cubes get taken, game ends. On your turn, it's just standard worker placement. You're gonna place it and you're trying to collect paint. So you have the, your primary colors that you're collecting and then you're gonna be mixing these primary colors. But It actually takes a long time to do this because i mean just going to the primary colors you're going to get a number of colors equal to your tool brush or your paint brush tool level essentially so there are three tracks on your you have this little individual player board that has these different three tracks on there and you can either kind of power up your tools so that when you go take an action it's more powerful or you can kind of just try to focus with your three workers at the start of the game and kind of just try to rush towards the end Um, and i played this with jessica just a two-player game and it actually scaled pretty well because you just block off spaces on the board and we both kind of did you know opposite uh strategy so i i try to push all my tools up because the way that you get more workers is by the time you get on each of the tool tracks there's a little space in the middle that once you get the tool there you can either take a worker or you can take six points at first we were like why wouldn't you always just take the worker
0: sure we're kind of right. breaded to do that exactly place per game sure
2: and i would say that i mean you probably want to push to get one more worker but the game is so fast that it makes sense i hit all three of those bonus spots but by the time i got my last worker jessica was ready to trigger the end of the game the, the very next round because you don't get that worker until the next round she was able oh, to trigger the end of the game in that next round, and she ended up winning by four points. Mm. So if I would have just taken that six points instead of the worker that I only got to use, I would have won. I like that. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely a solid game. Like I said, the the two-tiered board is really cool and the, spe- the fact that it spins, and you can do some kind of mean stuff on there. So, like Jessica – oh, I didn't say this. At the end of the round, after you go you, – you, know, yeah. you usually go and get your workers. On this, you have to stand up one of your workers, and that worker is in place and ready to be triggered for the next round. So since you know the board's gonna spin and the actions are gonna change, you can try to set up to where an action that maybe is not available this round that you need will turn and be available, but obviously, like I said, there's a spot on the upper board where you can modify it. So you can either, if you go there, you can, at the end of the round, you get to decide if it moves zero, one, or two spaces. Ah. So like Jessica really needed to paint one round, and but I needed more time because I because like I said I was trying to push up all my tool tracks. So I went and took that space, and I just pushed it twice so that it went past her, and it went into the unavailable slot for that round, and she could she just could not take that action for that round. And then her worker is still there; she still has to trigger that worker. Now you can lay down the work and just not take the action if it's not going to be beneficial for you, but obviously you want to use your workers if you can. Sure. So yeah, that's cool. It, it, it's a cool game. It's not super heavy. We did play. There are two uh, modules in there. One that gives you player powers, it just has all, a bunch of different painters, and each one gets a different player power. And then the other module is, these. Th- there are bonus cards that you can purchase and trigger that will give you different actions throughout the game. So, are overall, they, a solid game. Are wow. they
1: like historical painters? You know, the, the player powers, yep. just out of curiosity, they're yeah. like so you got, famous painters. Yeah,
2: Van Gogh and... Cool. Other painters. That's
0: fine. I like the flavor. <laughs> oh, hold on. Van Gogh Monet? and who Monet? else? Okay. Monet.
1: Manet or Monet. Or,
0: yeah, yeah, either um, one. Moni, Moni, what? <laughs> Billy Idol song? All right. Okay. Well, well that I, sounds great. I'm, I'm yeah. interested. What, What's that called again? Colors of Paris. So not just a pretty game, but uh, sounds interesting. Yeah. I, I, I really like that thought process of, You being able to set up the next round to try to take a certain action—that yeah, I really like the Uh, the
2: worker board is really the cool part in it. Yeah,
0: that sounds really interesting. Okay, all right. Well, Chad. Let's talk about the big game that me and you got to play the other day. That was yeah, ooh,
1: boy. Didn't didn't take us too long. No, it wasn't. It didn't feel like it took us a long time anyway. But uh, last oh. weekend we got together and we played eighteen thirty by the great ooh, Francis nice. Tresham.
2: Yeah. yeah, I was going to buy this game until Clef <laughs> texted me and said, "Hey, did you buy that yet?" I
1: said, "No, not yet." He's like, "Well, I did." So don't.
2: I was bored in <laughs> Kansas
0: City. I didn't have anything else to do. So I, I, I had to buy games. <laughs> I clued him into
1: the board game night uh, video. I think yeah. it's called board game uh, game, 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 night. Night. game game night. Yeah, yeah, on board game geek, and uh, with Toby teaching and Ambi from Board Game Bliss. Uh, she she's a great ambassador for the eighteen XX yeah. genre, and so he he watched it. And a- actually, I mean. It, Toby went through it pretty quickly and kind of said we're going to start and you guys will pick it up as we go and that was a nice way to teach it and it felt like it flowed pretty well and since we have already had 1846 under our belt and City of the Big Shoulders a lot of those concepts were familiar.
0: Yeah a lot more than what they were initially you know like when we played 1846 I think it was still very very unfamiliar about any of it where now at least there was some familiarity with with the basics of it.
1: Yeah so for anybody who isn't familiar The 18xx genre is some combination. There's a ton out there. It's called XX because it's set somewhere in the 1800s. The version that Clef has is the Lookout Games version, which is the most recent. And I was kind of looking. I believe it's the the best version that's out there, really, because there's a Mayfair version, too. And the Mayfair version looks like it had some misprints and some other problems, uh, the previous version. So it's nice to have that Lookout Games version. But anyway... 18XX is kind of a, a stock a stock manipulation and economic game mixed with train train routes and and running your trains and that sort of thing. 1830 I think was a was a great game to play because even though the economic stock game aspect was a little bit more opaque than 1846, there were a, a, there were there felt like a little bit less edge cases. In other words, with 1846 there was things where like you could pay out half dividends or you could withhold to your company when when a when your train routes ran and certain little things like that that were just a little bit different. And so that was kind of an interesting thing about it. But the other interesting thing I found was the again the stock shenanigans and it's very hard because 1846 you it's it's comfortable for euro players because you feel like oh I just want to get this company and run it really well whereas 1830 was fun because we it was hard to see what to do, but you just want to grab some companies. You want to get that money from that company, squeeze it like an orange, get that get that money out, transfer it maybe into another train company that you just bought. All the while, you're trying to plan out who's buying other companies and making successful routes so that you can get a round off of them and hop in on their stocks as well so it's really about the stock optimization in in this game and it and it's it's fun and it, it's cool to start to see how each one of these 18xx games messes with the formula a little bit
0: right i oh, don't know totally it, this game sure i mean eventually you were you certainly were trying to run routes and trying to make money But that was like almost secondary. I mean, it was really about how could you manipulate the stock to do the best stuff for you. And I mean, I think there was one point where I like I dumped all my stock, like everything that I had except for like one president's share or something like that, just so then I could start up a new company. The other thing that was really interesting was in, say, like City of the Big Shoulders or even 1846, the moment that you become the president, you start to run that company. Well, in 1830, that's not the case. You have to have 60% of the company to float it, to, to to even, yeah, to start to run it, which was a more interesting thing. I didn't even get a company like running until like the third operating round. So like the first two operating rounds, I just like, I didn't do anything. You know, it was like, you just, I was just waiting and I was making a little bit of money from my, uh, my private companies. And so I was just trying to get up enough money so that I could finally then get to run that company. And then I ran a terrible company after the, it was it was bad. <laughs> yeah. It was but then Corey stole it from me. Or friend Corey that played with us and I was like, here, have this piece of crap. I want it. Well, that's what's great
1: about the game, right? And so you gotta be careful if you start buying too much in a company, somebody else can dump it. And then you've got that company. Hmm. And so you could have this cruddy company and the train rush is uh, of course interesting as always too because then you have to be able to you're forced to buy a train when you can and so you could be stuck with a company that can't do anything all those trains are bought and now you have to buy a train and you have to figure out how you're going to do it and you have to do it with your personal money if you can't do it you know you have to start selling off stock which is not good but the interesting thing, and I think one of the strategies we didn't quite do, because at the beginning you do auction off the private companies. That's the first thing you do. And so you're bidding on those or you're deciding to take the top the top most one for just the money that's on there. And what you really need to do in the game, I think, is there's a little index card that shows how much certain shares are if you float it at the different prices. Just like in City of the Big Shoulders, where if, you, if you're opening at, at a certain share amount. You have to look at and, and look at that card and see, okay, six shares, if I float this company at 67, because that's the lowest share price you can float it at, at 67 a share six times, that's how much money I got to keep. So this is, the, this is as much as I can afford to spend on the auction of the privates. And if I keep those six, then I can go all in on floating my first Right, which by you could.
0: But I mean, I ended up second in the game. And I didn't, like I said, I didn't start and float my a company until like the third round. So I don't mm. know if it's 100% that you have to do that. I mean, but if you want to start a company the first round, sure, then you have to do that.
1: I, I think to get it going, it might be a good strategy because, again, we were all new to it. But I think yeah. it might be a good strategy just to get stuff going and, and have stuff to run. But, but it, it, I mean, I it gave me a taste, and I definitely want to play more of it.
0: Yeah, I like I said route building and and we put some pictures up and we got quite a few people saying uh, yeah you're doing things wrong so we've got a few things some things were just a little bit not a hundred percent positive with those tiles. Well, and well one of the things to...
1: is we played on the on the on the variant side of the board which I
0: didn't know. Uh, I was kind of like well <laughs> that really doesn't matter to me because I don't know what the other side of the board is anyways. But but we still made some mistakes or whatever. So I definitely I would really like and I said this to Chad. Obviously no one would want to do this, but I said it'd be nice to have somebody there that could just tell us, you know, answer our questions, you know, and it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. You know, is this, the, you know, or can you do this, you know, type of thing, uh, but not necessarily have somebody there that, you know, knows how to, that would just smoke us all and just crush us or something, you know, I, I liked having, five new people that knew nothing about really what they were doing. I mean, me and you were the most experienced and let's be honest, we're not really experienced, you know?
1: Well, I did go back and watch that video again, the whole thing, the whole play, which is, you know, Uh three hours and something. And it was actually really interesting because one of the things you don't realize is you need to see, and Corey kind of messed me up, but there are certain tiles that are available and you can upgrade those tiles to green and yellow, depending on how many trains are bought and where the train rush is at. But you need to plan You need to know the tile manifest and how, okay, I'm going to upgrade here. I can't get into that city, but if I get this next upgrade, I will be able to get into that city with this next upgrade. So you have to know that, and you have to also know that somebody's going to get that if I don't grab it. And they will have the only tile that can do this kind of a thing into the city. Right.
0: And where I got, you know, I went into Chicago thinking I was just going to loop right out of Chicago. And then all of a sudden everybody pointed out to me, nope, Chicago is basically kind of a dead end. You know, you can't Hmm. go any further. And then I was like kind of stuck of, well, I don't have any way to make this go better at that moment. And I figured out some other ways. But uh, so, yeah, it was I mean, we talked a lot about this already. So we probably should move on. But. Definitely, I would like to play it again, and definitely Richie, I think you need to get yeah, the I, play of this. I yeah. watched the
2: playthrough, and that's what kind of hooked me on it. So Richie, it definitely looked like some, something up my alley.
1: Richie, you would like the the stock shenanigans part of eighteen thirty, yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. and just kind of messing back and forth. So uh, yeah, yeah, we got to get this. We got to sure. get another play, and I think you would enjoy it.
2: Definitely. Yeah. Just, real quick, so if you came in oh. second, I'm guessing Joe. Did Joe come in first?
0: Joe came in first. <laughs> that uh, <makes> sense. Yeah, <laughs> by a long margin. Yeah, he he, he wasn't he, even close. Yeah, uh, like like the. Four of us were really, really close between second and fifth. Well, no, well, Corey went bankrupt, so he he came <laughs> dead last. Uh, but uh, that is, by the way, what in,
1: what ends eighteen thirty is is either one person goes bankrupt or or you break the bank. So, yeah.
0: but I think he was good four or five hundred dollars higher than than the rest of us. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyways, uh, great game. Well,
1: speaking of mean games, I posted a picture, so I want to talk about this game real quick because uh, I know at least one of our listeners wants to hear about it. But I did play with. With uh, some of our friends and local listeners the other night, I played Firenze by Andrea Stedding, who is, you know, a designer of one of our, one, a couple of our favorite games, Hansa Teutonica being one of them.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Hold on, hold on. You mean the game that was too mean to mean first played yeah it was it was too mean for chad when we first played it with the three of us and uh was never gonna play it again <laughs> is, that, is that the game you're talking about you're right you're right uh and when i came
1: to that decision i was a little bit salty because that was a past richie birthday where uh, iowa had gotten trounced by michigan state so i was already in a oh, bad mood
0: it was a football thing that yeah, yeah <laughs> i was
1: but no uh, i also um i I think, and we'll talk about this later. Actually, I think that uh, that that was, you know, uh, I've evolved since then. Let's put that that oh, way, because okay. I I, okay. I, I, okay. I I enjoy some meaner games. I. I will say, I played it with local listener Gabby, who really said, like, Chad, I don't... Whatever we play tonight, I don't want to play a mean game. And so we did start (laughs) playing... (laughs) Well,
0: (laughs) So you just said, too bad, Gabby, I'm going to ignore what you asked. (laughs) Well, I gave her a list. (laughs) I gave her a list,
1: and she said, I don't care of those. So I had it set up, and and we started playing it. And yeah, she did get salty, because... (laughs) <laughs> because so much for her being a local listener, yeah. I guess <laughs> uh, she was. She was a good sport about it. But the the thing in this game is you're building towers, and uh, you you basically have a card row that you're trying to buy cards from that do all kinds of different things. And these cards also have different colored blocks for that are set out on the cards, and you're drafting these. So. All the, all the way to the left is the cheapest card, and then you have to pay as you go further to the right. But if you want to go further to the right, you have to set one of your own blocks out, out on each card as you go to the right. You are trying to build these towers, and out on the board are you know, different recipes of scoring points. So you might want to build an eight level purple tower for a whole bunch of points or a four level white tower. And you're just trying to get these before other people can score those points. And some certain levels are worth more than others. And there are also little recipe fulfillments off to the side. The first person to build a seven level tower gets these extra points and so on and so on. And then of course you have the cards and the cards, come with the bricks that are on them, but then they also come with certain powers of the game. They might let you build a plus one or minus to a tower uh, so that you can, you can score it. So you basically get to add it or take away a brick to be exactly on the tower that you want to be on. That's a power that was there. But then they also have like a saboteur, which could take away other people's dr- bricks or trade them or that kind of thing. So there was some player inactivity, but... As you guys said to me when we first played it, I think that the events are out there long enough that you can plan for it. You can see it. You can see when it's going to happen. And so, first couple of rounds we played, actually, Gabby said, "I don't want that to happen to me, so I'm taking that card right now." Mm-hmm. So she snatched them first, but she couldn't always do that. And so, you know, we had we <laughs> we had some some <laughs> rounds where that uh, wasn't able to take place. But uh, we had a good we had a good play of it. I didn't win. <laughs> I had a good time. Was this the
2: reprint from Quintet Games, right? Yes,
1: it was from Quintet Games. I couldn't see anything different, really.
2: The, they changed the... So it's no longer text-based. They, I know they, they changed the symbols, right? for Just so they can just print one copy of it for all languages.
1: You're right, yeah. So we did have a player board type... Thing to explain all the cards okay. that we kind of passed around. It was pretty easy once you understood the iconography, but you had to go through it and parse it a little bit.
2: Yeah, that's what I was curious about. How good of a job they did with the with the actual the symbology. So
1: yeah, I think it worked out fine.
0: Cool. Yeah. It's a great game. I I did not find it mean the first time I played it, so I've uh, quite <laughs> enjoyed it. Well, I honestly don't feel like it's like a mean game. It's just it's a typical Euro game where you're trying to get to things before other players. You're not really mean. I think what feels mean is that anytime you build something and then
1: somebody else does something that makes it take it apart, that feels like you took apart this thing I'm building, you know, you kicked my sandcastle sort of thing. But you can see it out there and you can plan for it. And if it's happening to everybody, which a lot of times it, it does, except the person who takes the card, then, you know, then then it's forgivable in, in my estimation. But that was Forenze. The nice thing about it is uh, Rihanna played with us too. And Rihanna said, see, I like these games where my brains don't melt out my ears every time. She's like, sometimes it's nice to play a kind of a, a, a little bit lower rule set game and and i still enjoyed it so
0: man, it was nice mr Always mr popularity rihanna, over here, Gabby and rihanna be and
1: beyonce next
0: man boy, yeah, well she came over <laughs>
1: last last week that was yeah we
2: played wow some, yeah Skull King. Right.
0: <laughs> chad's uh mr popularity right now okay <laughs> all right i, well, get, I talk... get i get dan smith that's all yeah, i get <laughs> well talk
1: about what you played with dan smith then
0: all right well Dan brought over, um, I doubt you guys have even heard of this game, and you probably haven't heard of the, it's a very small uh, company, probably never, Meyer Meyer or something like that? Stonemeyer Games? Uh Have you guys heard of them? Yeah, no, but go ahead. Okay. Well, it it was a game called Tapestry. Uh, Probably barely anybody's ever heard of this game. Yeah, no. All right. All joking aside, I mean, this is probably the. Biggest hype that's gone on, probably since Wingspan, I would guess. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. you know the guy knows how to hype a game, that's for sure. Now, I think, and all three of us all said this when you know when we looked at it, it, didn't seem like a game that like really interested at least me all that much. I mean, it just looked like and. I think we've talked a little bit, you know, Stonemaier games, are they're not necessarily my cup of tea. They're a little bit just, just on the fringe of they're okay. I mean, we talked about the viticulture thing last time, and I, I like viticulture. Don't get me wrong. Viticulture is a great game. But, you know, Stonemaier just has not been really hitting for me, you know, between Charterstone and, you know, Wingspan kind of, you know, floated down for me. Get it? Like birds floated down? I was uh, that trying. was really bad. Okay. All right, whatever. <laughs> so anyway, so even... Dan's like, hey, I really want to play Tapestry. I want to show you Tapestry. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try it. So Tapestry basically is, I mean, I guess they would call it a civilization game even since I don't really feel like it's a civilization game, but you're gonna start the game off, and there's like 16 different powers or civilization cards that you get, and you get everybody gets dealt two of them, and you get to choose one, and you're gonna have that, and then you're gonna have a like a like your home capital that's like kind of a like a like a cubed but like a Sudoku puzzle type of board, okay, and then and it's got a bunch of like spots that are filled in already on this board, kind of like a and right board, right? A little bit, yeah. Okay, that'd be a good way to describe it. And then you're going to have your, your tableau where you're going to have, you know, put cards or whatever, and you can keep track of there's four different resources. And I couldn't for the life of me tell you what those four different resources were. They're just four different resources. And then out of the board... It had four different tracks, kind of like a Mombasa, you know, so they're, you know, where you're moving up these tracks. So basically on your turn, here are your two choices. All right, you ready? Move up a track, pay some resources, move up a track, or you go in, basically you say, I'm going to collect income and you go into the next era. And when you go to the next era, that's a way for you to score some points, depending on what you've built. And, you know, you kind of, you can play what's called a tapestry card, which is just something else that will give you a little bit of an ability or something, or maybe a way to score victory points and that's it I mean that's that's this game I mean you literally all you're doing is paying resources to move up a track and we were and, and like i said Dan breath is over he was super excited about it and you know I, I love Dan so I was like sure you know I'm gonna try this game even since I I'm but you know sometimes I'm wrong and we were also playing with uh with Joe and we were playing uh Joe uh, Forted and we were playing with Joe and Brent and whoo. None of the three of us liked it at all.
1: So, I mean, obviously, he, and he wants to have simple rules for this, but there's a decision tree, right? So you can move up one of the tracks and and, and that's where people, because I've heard about people even APing with this because there's so many different possibilities to look at what can get you, what to move you, where to move you, you know, that that kind of thing.
0: I, I guess, but I mean, there's just, but there's nothing, I mean, oh, I moved up a track, so I get to put a building out or I moved up a track, so I get to roll a dice and hope to do something else. Or, I mean, it was, or you, there was some exploration, but literally the main board where you explore there's nothing, to you know, it's not like you're exploring tiles or whatever. You're just putting tiles out there and you try to match up sides to score some points. Oh, and then you had that main capital board that I was talking about to start with, right? Okay. They've got these pieces that somebody just was like, okay, how big and amazing can I make these pieces so people will go crazy over the game? They were just so pointless. They had no bearing on the game whatsoever. All they were, were just to put onto your, your board. And you had to put them around, like I said, like kind of a puzzle to put them around these, different areas but they were so big they didn't even fit the spots and then they were so big that you when you looked out at my board, I couldn't even tell what was covered up and what wasn't. I like to have to keep look, looking over it and like moving buildings so I could see them. And I kept, and all three of us were like, this would be better if they were just little cardboard chits so that you could actually see what you were doing if that is. But but then there was nothing to it. If you like made a row, you got an extra resource or something. It hmm. was like, it was just like so simplistic. I mean, it just, I just, I was so bored. And I mean, this is not something like, oh, you were bored and you were batted or something i won the game by like 40 or 50 points i mean it wasn't even remotely close i just was so bored in the game i thought i didn't have any meaningful decisions there was nothing exciting about the game i don't know i mean i'd i'd, I'd rather play lords of Waterdeep deep has better and more interesting decisions as a gateway game than that did
1: so i've heard that you know I, i've heard this because supposedly uh the buildings and stuff they inspired him to do the game, he had seen these buildings crafted somewhere else, and much like Jacob Rozalski's art for Scythe, scythe excuse me, they had inspired him to do this Civ game. At least that's that's what he's been saying. So that is what he built them around. But I've heard this about the game is that that board, which is really kind of cool because Dan did show it to me, it has almost a sandpapery finish, so at least stuff doesn't slide it around feel, when you put it yeah, on there. It felt nice, yeah. which, which is cool. I hope some other games do that, you know, for your sure. player pieces so that when you do Terraforming Mars 2, 3, and 4, that maybe there's some sort of gloss over it or something like right. that. But I've heard, though, that it's really just kind of a roll-and-write type thing where you cover up, fill in, and you're getting things when you do that. That.
0: i mean that that would be the best case scenario to describe it
1: well tell me how you get more tapestry cards in this game because i'm curious about this because there are there are uh things you, that i've heard out move there up a track okay so if you move up a track you get to draw another tapestry card. well
0: depending on what you know a spot on the tapestry or on the track would get you another tapestry card
1: and i've heard that balance you know some people have talked about balance in this game and i don't even know if that should be an issue with all the things it sounds like and all the combos that you can have in this game it sounds like you know maybe he just threw that out the window and that's not to be disrespectful to jamie i'm just saying like he kind of just said well i just want to do all these different wacky combos who cares about balance sure sort of
0: sure, and i can I see that here is what i will i will say about the game because certainly was not for me however i'll say this i think this game is going to be for a lot of people okay and including i think a lot of our listeners will really find this game to be a lot of fun because it is you know, this is the type of game, you know, I mean, somebody does say to you, hey, I don't want anything mean, you know, or, or I don't want anything too heavy. To me, I think this is a perfect game for that. I mean, you literally are doing, I mean, most of the time, I would say 90% of the time, you're just deciding what track you're going to move up and you got four choices. That's it. There's, there's nothing else to the game. I mean, besides the tetris puzzle thing that you're putting that, which is, like I said, didn't even feel like it should be in the game. Um, I don't know, just completely fell flat for me but like i said i think most people will like it i think this is in that wheelhouse and i think jamie has developed a brand that is just you know perfect for a lot of modern board gamers i think that really he's hit the spot with a lot of what a lot of people like for their medium type of euro type of game sure i mean
1: honestly if you think about it you know if you're if you're a game producer are you going to sell the most games if you're if you're making a lot of heavy games or if you're like sure. making some midweight games I, that are that are a little bit more accessible for right. I all mean, kinds of people to play.
0: I mean, City of the Big Shoulders, uh, you know, compared to Tapestry, Tapestry is going to sell, you know, a hundred times as many copies as City of the Big Shoulders, mm-hmm. which is exactly, I mean, absolutely. If I mean, if I was out there producing games, I'd produce Tapestry, you know, too. That's, that's absolutely true. Um, I just think, and of course, you know, touch on, we're going to maybe talk about this here in a little bit, but for me as a gamer, it just was too light too not enough decisions and not enough happening for me to get any enjoyment out of the game
1: so the combos on the tracks and stuff like that you didn't they they, they didn't give you an, a way to f- sort of feel clever when you combo some stuff together and get this resource that lets you then do such and such no okay no
0: nope, not okay. For, not for me no didn't nothing at all gave me that that feel good feeling you know i'd, I'd rather go play Ganjon clever or something like that you know to you know since we talked about rolling right or whatever sure. so that that's yeah. more yeah. entertaining for me but you know like i said listeners please don't you know write in and tell me that i'm the craziest person in the world if you like the game in fact i saw on our slack i said something on in our slack about you know skip you know, somebody said, "Should I buy tapestry or something?" I said, "You know, buy Irish Gauge, skip tapestry." And then uh, one of our local listeners, uh, Ryan, uh, freed. You know, a uh, good game or a uh, good life, good gamer? life gamer. He goes, "Oh, I think I made. I know I made a good decision getting tapestry." Now the club <laughs> said that. You know, so yeah, I get it. You know, I'm probably more heavier on the side. You know, so that, but yeah. So there's there's my thoughts on tapestry by stonemaier games
1: and by the way if you do want to get on our slack you can always send us an email at punchboardparadise at gmail.com and we would be happy to add you to the slack so that you can tell clef straight up that he is crazy because he gets that on a daily basis and it's it's good for his ego
0: yeah love (laughs) it
1: (laughs) by the way speaking of punchboardparadise at gmail.com richie 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 there's more letters
2: fellas Oh no (laughs) get out of town And more than one what yeah i i was blown away myself the segment will live on
3: wow people want to hear
1: your voice richie
2: all right so we got an email from scott and he said a lot of nice things about the podcast and us well maybe not clef but anyways what just kidding just kidding just kidding (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So Scott's question was, I was wondering which was the game that each of you played that got you wanting to get into heavier games? For Scott, it was Agricola, and after his first play, he wanted uh, more games that had interesting decisions and uh, more that were more punishing than the other games that he had been playing. How about you, Chad? Which, which, what game... Got you into heavier games.
1: If if we're gonna if 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 we're giving that, and I don't know what the weight is on Agricola, and uh, obviously that's always subjective too when you talk about heaviness of games. But I, I I will I will name two. First of all, pretty early on, I played Agricola. I mean, that was one of the first ones, and the reason I got that out was because you heard about it a lot. It was near the top of the BGG list, and that's when you first get into the hobby. that's some somewhere you go looking for those kinds of things, and also my my wife, you know, in her fantasy world she would be a farmer and so i knew that this was a game to purchase to to play with her and so that was one of the first ones i played and actually it was so tight at first i wasn't sure that i liked it i did love the way that it did worker placement and that you know certain spots were just grueling to try to get to but uh as time has gone on i appreciate that game more and more i have to say i really love what uva rosenberg did and the and the the different card decks because i have a few of those too. And they can just really change up the game. And the way I love card games, that's kind of what Agricola does for you. Because you get this handful of cards and you have to go, okay, what am I going to do with these at the very beginning? And you're, it's one of those, I don't know how to make the analogy, but your eyes are always bigger than your stomach sort of things. Where you plan out to use almost your whole hand of cards and you never can do that. But it's it's a great game. That's one of the big ones. The other one, and, and it doesn't feel that heavy, but uh, The Gallerist. By Vital Lacerda was another one that I played pretty early on and didn't have a copy right away, but uh, Bryce, our friend Bryce taught it to me and I really, really enjoyed what that did and how he integrated theme with his Mechanisms. So those are the the ones that really turned me on.
0: Uh, and just I was just curious. Uh, the last time you played Agricola uh, was Stephanie uh, a couple of weeks ago, or come on, Jad. It's uh, been a few
1: months. But oh, whoa, well,
0: whoa, well, we still a few got months. That done. <laughs> I put
1: an insert in that game. It's coming out really easy and quick, Richie. You don't need to worry. It's going to happen.
0: Whoa, coming out really easy and quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: I'm a little worried. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. You I'm should a, be. I'm a little feeling it is all it
1: could be. <laughs> so those were the games that I think really did it for me. But Clef, what about you? What 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 really spurred your interest in heavier games, or what made you think about that?
0: Well, and I I think I'll, I'll go with a couple. So I, I think the first one I'm going to talk about that really kind of got me into more of a Euro-y type of game. That uh, you know, boy, when we first got this game, my wife and I played it all the time was Lahav, and that game really. Made me realize how fun it was to have all these really interesting decisions, and oh, am I going to do this or am I going to do that? And and you know, building up that Euro engine. So I think Lahav definitely was kind of that game that really brought me into this world. But I think if I was really and you know, it's going to be sound funny, but I think the game that really made me come into a heavier time or place, I, I'm going to be quite honest with you, is Brass. I mean, when we played Brass for the first time, this was now almost, I, mean, I don't know, a year and a half ago now? I think I really realized that's the type of game that, and I and I think that's kind of made me change as a gamer into like a next level of, I don't even want to call it heaviness, but just where there's a new level of where I want to play of a board game than maybe it was even a couple of years ago. So I, I don't know, you know, like, but the first you know i'll, I'll say lahav but you know I th- brass really did change what i liked in board games okay okay
2: um i would probably say mine's caverna so i'm gonna guess that i mean
3: rosenberg oh, is a rosenberg is a gateway
2: drug yeah <laughs> i like that i like that <laughs> um definitely that was the the first like i mean it's literally a heavy game but that's heavier <laughs> game that i i bought just outright without, I mean, I didn't even read the rules, and it was a horrible teach. Uh, that's why Jessica won't play it with me anymore. And then also, The Gallerist was also a, another game I was thinking of. That was one where I looked at it, and I was like, eh, I'm, I'm just not going to buy it. Uh, but a buddy of mine bought it. He backed Kickstarter, and he
1: set it up on the table and taught it, and I was kind of hooked from there. I want you to know, by the way, that now that you brought that up, I was listening to the Dice Tower podcast not too long ago, and they had one on seven-player games. Now... Tom didn't Tom didn't pick it, but he did give it an honorable mention. He picked Caverna. So, <laughs> no, <laughs>
3: he like really it's, did.
2: It's enjoyable, but it is way too long. It's just way too long. So I mean, no you way. are looking at an no hour way.
1: per player. No way,
0: not happening. Easily, never do that. Nope.
1: Well, I th- I think that's pretty cool though that Rosenberg was sort of all of our entry into that heavier space, and I I, I think that speaks highly to to his influence in the hobby, and you know he's definitely. He, he does a lot of balancing I think with his games too which which speaks speaks to that I, I, I know for Agricola he play tested the bejesus out of that I don't know I mean right, right so well
2: and he keeps playing like at every player count right until he until it just doesn't work anymore I, I that's what I've heard yeah yeah
0: yeah so I mean kind of and this is you know kind of gonna expand on Scott's question I mean Chad how do you feel like you've changed as a You know, I don't know necessarily change, but growing as a gamer. I mean, from whatever point you feel like. You know, I mean, obviously, back in the day when you used to, you know, play games like Monopoly and and Yachts. You know, gosh, my bad. Uh, Games like Monopoly (laughs) and Clue. uh, You know, how have you changed as a gamer?
1: Well, I would say that over the past few years, and this won't come as any surprise. I think I've gotten to. I think I've gotten to enjoy more interactive games. So I. I really was sort of a euro gamer. Let's let's do multiplayer solitaire. Let me play in my own sandbox and stuff like that. And as I've played more, I've come to appreciate uh, the interactivity in games and how that makes a decision space or a game grow that much more based on the players that you're playing with and not just the system of the game. And so, I really, I really have treasured that a little bit more. And, and the games that I have played have come to reflect that. In fact, I, I would play more uh, dudes on a map game now. I would play more. I'm interested in playing more war games actually because of the card system I'm interested in. So those kinds of things that were sort of off the table. And I think really when I was much younger, I had a bad experience with Risk, a couple bad experiences with Risk. <laughs> and so I think that really colored my my feelings about that type of, of game. So I would say that's one thing. The other thing I'll, I'll say really quick, and, and this is something I always, I always kind of enjoy and admire uh, about Richie's taste. I think that uh, he seems to not necessarily care whether a game is heavy or light but more whether it fulfills what it's trying to do and he appreciates it seems like he appreciates a game where the mechanics or the mechanisms are streamlined and easy to teach and you still have a great decision space i think that's part of his love for uh, uh i think that's part of his love for Kiesling. actually he likes all those Keysling games and one thing that Keysling does very well is it's pretty easy to get out of the box and play and teach around the table. And then you're still making really pretty interesting decisions. And I think early on, I don't know if there was something in me that wanted to earn my gamer cred that once I got into heavier games, I was like, Oh yeah, give it all, put it all in the box. Let's do all of it. And with Lacerda, you know, there is certainly some of that, but I, I'm coming to appreciate those games that are, have an economy of decision space and, and rule set. So I really have started to appreciate that more.
0: Okay, so Richie, I mean, same question for you. I mean, how do you feel like you've grown as a gamer?
1: I mean, I've definitely gone towards
2: the deeper end now, and I, I can't disagree. I think after we reviewed Brass, that that has kind of spurred pushing us forward. Because I mean, I definitely grew up playing card games, mainly trick-taking games, Euchre. Um, I mean, I even played Monopoly a lot when I was a kid, because I, li- I like watching people go bankrupt. I like trying to screw people yeah. in deals. Yeah.
0: What about Yahtzee? Did you play a little Yahtzee? Oh, I love Yahtzee. Yeah, it's a great yeah. game, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Just yelling out Yahtzee. You <laughs> ever do that, Chad? Chad?
0: Chad, did you ever, <laughs> do you ever roll a Yahtzee? Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, all right. Chad well, has done something that uh, <laughs> none of you guys can see? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> but I, I
2: mean, definitely when I got into the hobby, and I mean, Chad kind of touched on this as far as... Cause I, I'm not... I think I've I I think I've become less tolerant on clunkiness in games. I I definitely have. I I I think earlier on I you know whatever put something on the table I'll play it. Uh But I get worried when I see some games that, and it's usually games that Chad is interested in. I won't I won't (laughs) lie. (laughs) (laughs) I get a little worried. He he has hit some home runs, so I I can't you know I I'll sit down at the table. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) But um I, I get a little worried when I see clunkiness I, I do like a streamlined game or at least i mean just that has been developed sure that, like prehistory that's over on your 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 sell shelf i sure. think that that just one more pass at that as far as the design could, goes could have been that a very good been a, game a, a very it good game had a
0: little too much bloat in it right so yeah,
2: yeah i'm i'm definitely have gotten less tolerant of that um, okay. and starting to tip towards the heavy side so what about you claire
0: well i you know i definitely think that my World, when I first started, was a lot of playing with just uh, my wife and then maybe occasionally with a with a couple friend of ours. Uh, we used to play, you know, at the Gates Loyang, you know, and we played some some decent games. But I used to also play a lot of, you know, some, like, weird, off-the-wall type of things or lighter games. I used to play, you know, back in the day, I used to play a lot of Dominion or I played... Um, Oh, what's the game where you just draw a card and you gotta stick the stuff? A uh, kingdom builder. I used to play that a lot. And I think as I have moved in, as you know, further as a gamer, those type of games just do not interest me anymore. There just is no. If if I don't feel like if you know that there's some decisions that I'm going to have to make in the game that are like tough decisions, then the game just is not very interesting to me. So I think I've just grown out of wanting to play those. I don't know. Or oh, Small World. There's another great example where, you know, I used to play Small World all the time. And, you know, you wouldn't, I mean, you couldn't beg me to play Small World now. I mean, I would just have no desire whatsoever to play it. Which uh, is not a bad so, game, but it's just where you're sure, at. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, so that's, I just have moved up. And then, you know, as I kind of alluded to a little bit earlier, I think when I, this past couple of years now, I've continued to just like, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I dip my toe in there and then, you know, brass made me just want to almost put my whole, you know, body in there and just like find these heavy games that just are really, you know, as, as Chad kind of said, like auction games are so good to me because there's so much interaction in them and the games where, you know, you don't want to do something that then could help somebody else out. Uh, you know, you, you you know, you have that interaction type of thing. So that's where I've really, really enjoyed those type of games. Uh, so yeah, so that's that's kind of where I feel like. Is there games that you guys feel like that you would have played? back in the day that no longer would you play again i mean there would be no way that one could get to the table
1: i'd like to say munchkin but my son still loves that game <laughs> and so i will still play munchkin he it, we have like a monthly limit i think he gets like what, once a month because it just and, and luckily it's not just me that has to say no like my wife is like nope not not this time <laughs> but i i did buy it initially like the first time i i played it you know i i yeah. thought oh that's fun we can get this played and whatever and but uh, that's not my favorite game to play, but I will still play it if you want.
2: Sure. to. Sure, okay. I don't think there's any games that I wouldn't play, but it, there are definitely times where, like, because Jessica has not necessarily gone along the, the heaviness route with me. Right. You know, and like medium weight is pretty much where she, as far as she really wants to go. And I, I'd probably say like my sweet spot is like medium heavy is what, you know, most people would consider. I mean, yeah. maybe with, I don't know, Madeira being like, that's pretty top. heavy yeah yeah that's a like pretty that's heavy game in the my top. opinion Sure. Right. so yeah I, so it's not necessarily that there's not a game that i wouldn't want to play but there are there have been nights where like i'll suggest a game she'll she'll suggest a game and then i'll be like well let's just do because neither we'll do one of us else. yeah let's just go do something else <laughs> <laughs> like and and i'm not like trying to be mean or anything it's just like you don't want to play the game that i want to play i don't really want to play the game that you want to play so let's go do something that we both actually want to go do yeah. so and I, i'm more i'm definitely more willing to do that than you know then play that game in that time but i you know i'll definitely meet her you know on her end
0: right i I, i'm very similar now in the fact i mean my wife and i don't play games nearly as much together as we used to and and part of that is i mean obviously i want to play the newest games just that's who i am and also for the podcast you know usually i have to be playing the newest games and she'll be like hey let's play You know, the same old, you know, Oh My Goods or river Riverboat, not Riverboat, uh, what's the other (laughs) game? Or Port Royale, you know, these games that I'm like, okay, well, I've played those games now hundreds of times. And I'm not saying that they're bad games, but it's like, I don't know if I want to even take the time investment to say, okay, let's go play those games when I'm ready, you know, want to play something a little bit more you know, a little bit more meat on the bones, I guess.
1: You see, and for me, the other night, I did play a game with Steph. We played to get your ride because I knew that that was what she would say yes to. And right. we just sat and played and talked, you know, talked about our day and stuff like that because that's initially why I why I got a board game sure. in the very first place was to just not sit in front of the TV and do something with her. So I, I, there are still some games that I will play like that that, like I said, they're lighter and I just think of them as a as a means to be with each other and interact. But I, I definitely hear what you're saying and wh- where yeah. you're coming from. And I think that's an interesting idea, Richie, that you're just kind of like, well, you know, we don't even have to play a game. Let's just do something we right. enjoy, you know?
2: So. Now, you know what game you should have played with Steph the other night, right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> there, well, there wasn't a
1: grico- a, nope, Agricola. was not, not, not going happen. <laughs> She did not want to go there that night. So.
0: so where do you see yourself going in the future? I mean, do you feel like where you're at right now? I mean, obviously, it's hard to say because, I mean, five years ago, we wouldn't have necessarily said we'd be where we're at. But I mean, Richie, do you feel like you're at your peak of what you want or do you feel like there's still more that you would like to grow as a gamer? I mean, I'm definitely,
2: I still want to try a bunch of different things like 18xx. I'm willing to try, but I also don't want to like all of a sudden just be like, that's all I play is 18xx game or all I play is heavy war games or something like that. Um, Yeah. So I, I definitely want to keep trying stuff, keep expanding, you know, my experience, uh, you know, in the gaming world. But I, so I just don't want to get stuck in something, I guess. Uh, I like
1: games, all different kinds of games, and that's why we have this podcast partly, uh, as as well. So I don't think I'd ever get that way either, to, to play just one genre of game. I do say that I kind of have this fantasy of my in my head of, you know, in a couple of years from now, hopefully being the person that you know facilitates around this area more 18xx games like maybe gets a group going or more and maybe there are those groups already here that I, I don't even know about so I'm not I'm not trying to take over that position or anything but just to just to to know it well enough to teach more people who might want to be interested in it again I'm very 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 new but that's one thing that I would like to be able to do
0: sure okay excellent what about you Uh, you know, I, I think sometimes I, I don't, I'm afraid that I have become too much of a, a heavy board game snob almost, you know, where I really, I like what I like and the rest of it's kind of poo poo, you know? So I, I hope that, you know, I still am well-rounded enough. You know, I, you know, we joke, but you know, I still hope one day that I get to play Mansions of Madness. I may not like it, but I, but I'm still (laughs) would like to be the willing to try, these different games as opposed to just saying well all I'm going to do is play my heavy you know EuroE games and then that's that's my world I mean okay I may not like it but I'm still saying I want to be like you were saying Richie I still want to try other things I want to make sure that I'm not just one type of gamer anymore. I, I think sometimes I listen to a lot of podcasts and, you know, they're talking about this and that and everything. And I'm just like, I wouldn't even take the time of day to play some of these games. And maybe that's not the best attitude to have because there are really a lot of great games that are out there. So yeah, it may not happen. I might still just be, you know, a heavy, you know, you always snob, you know, in years to come. It, but, that could yeah. very well be. I think that's yeah. accurate. So, yeah. so. <laughs> hey, <I'm, laughs> but
1: Speaking of some Euro games, there are quite a few Euro games that are going to be coming out in the very near future. And I think maybe we should think about talking about some of those.
0: Let's do a little Essen Corner. Okay, so the game that uh, I would really like to talk about for Essen uh, is a game we've all had a chance to play, which is called The Artemis Project, and this is going to be available at Essen. It's uh, from the publisher Grand Gamers Guild, and it's from Daryl Chow and Daniel Rochi. Um, and the and the publisher, like I said, is, is Grand Gamers Guild, and uh, that's Mark Spector, who uh, was nice enough to get us a copy of that game so we could try it out. It's a dice placement game, has some alien frontiers, a little bit of Marco Polo, voyages of Marco Polo in it, where you are placing your dice out, and you have different areas that you're going to be placing your dice. And when you place them out there, you might place in, let's say, getting uh, like, an ore material or getting some, uh, I think it was solar power was the other, um, the other item that was, that you were getting. And then, you know, you've got some other like expedition cards and then you've got these different colored um, people that are, you know, uh, you guys know me with theme, but you know, the different colors that you have where you try to get them to do, they have different special abilities. So you're placing your dice out. But what was really interesting about this game is, is while you're placing your dice out, there's only a certain number of resources or these, you know, the the beeples that you can get or these cards that you can get. And if you place your dice there, like, and let's say you put a high number there, somebody else comes in, they might place a lower number there. So they get less of the resource, but they get to take the resource before you do. So, like, you might be like, oh, I'm going to go get six, you know, or and all of a sudden it gets to you and there's only three or left. So guess what? You only get three ore. or or. It gets to you, and you get nothing. Get old bupkis. So it was a really interesting puzzle of, you know, do, when do I, you know, do I try to put a big dice there to try to, you know, get something good, or is there going to be a chance that I'm not going to get anything? So it really was a kind of a neat little give-and-take type of game uh, for it. So I don't know, Chad, what was your thoughts on it? Well, yeah, that in a
1: dice placement game, there's always – A question of what is going to be how do I mitigate them right and so that's one way in this game that you can mitigate the dice in other words a higher number or excuse me a lower number can be just as good as a higher number sometimes and that's how that does it so being to the left and having that lower number ensures that I'm going to get that resource especially if I have a six you know and you come in and you and Richie come in and take all the all the resources and there's not, it's not a situation where you can't get anything. There's a little track. I can't remember what they call the track, but you can put the die on that then and you move up that track getting various resources or anything that has already, you know, been been to the left of that track that you've moved up. Right. So you right. get to kind of choose those resources. So it's not that you don't get anything, but you... You have to plan, and you have to plan, and think that you might not get what you want if you put one of those higher dice there. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's cool is they have toolkits. That's one of the resources in the game that you can get. And those toolkits also allow
0: you to mitigate die and
1: add pips and stuff
2: like
0: that. Yeah, almost like all kind of a worker, yeah, type of thing in Castle Burgundy. So yeah,
2: yeah. Overall, I would say the the game flowed very well. I only got to play it at one and two. Um, I think maybe with more people, it might you know might be a little bit more interesting out on the board, but. Um, overall, it was definitely a solid kind of midway. And like I said, you kind of get those the feels of like uh, Alien Frontiers, those different worker or dice placement games out there. So did you get to play it at a higher player count?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, I got to play it at all player counts. Uh, I will agree with you, the lower player counts, it didn't feel like I had as much interaction, which that's the type of game it is. You know, I mean, right. you, you are getting that interaction. So I liked it at the higher. However, five got to be a little... A little too much. I think the sweet spot for me, at least, would be a three and four player, I think, is where I I found it to be the best one. When I tried it at five, I think uh, with the group I played it with, it, it fell a little flat, uh, just because um, it just, just didn't quite work, and there's obviously a little bit too much turn time in between turns. So I think if if you're looking for a good three- or four-player game, I think this is definitely where it's going to hit the spot.
1: This is also one of those games, too, that you want to be able to, once you've played it a couple times, you want to be able to look around the table and see what dice Everybody has so that you can kind of plan and see, oh, they're probably going to try to go after this and they have that die. So maybe by going here, I'm going to block them out or I'll get there before them, that kind of stuff. And, right. and it's a lot harder to do at five sure. than at three yeah. or four. So yeah. so that's that's another, another yeah, thing just, in its favor. Yeah, exactly.
0: Production wise, off the charts. I mean, all those beautiful dice that are all very nice, not wooden, so Richie didn't have to worry about. Yep, didn't have to worry about that. Nice dice, very, very good production. Beautiful art. I mean, I really, really liked the look of this game. I mean, they did. Uh, you know, Mark and his team they did an amazing job of producing this game.
1: And if you do care about theme, it's kind of a cool theme, in my opinion. You're, you're trying to, you know, we basically mess things up, and so we're we're trying to colonize this uh, this moon. At Jupiter's moon Europa, basically, and so you're going under, you know, you're going under the Earth's crusts and all that kind of stuff. And I do like, and the, and some of the people I played it with too like the fact that you had those different workers that could do different things. Like you had the um, oh yeah the, the Marines who could who basically were kind of defending the 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 sea life, you know, the colonies and stuff. Right, right. And the stewards that could um could basically do that negotiation thing. They were kind of like um uh overseers or something yeah yeah i i I really enjoyed that aspect of it too
0: yeah and and obviously you know me being themeless i just called them the red the the purple and the blue and the (laughs) you know people but no i mean it did have a very interesting you know theme so that's you know for for all those out there that cared about the theme i think this one's got a good one so um Really, honestly, I think this is, if, if you guys are interested in a nice dice worker placement game that's kind of a medium Euro um, with some good decisions, I definitely I would suggest checking out the Artemis Project.
1: There's some nice interaction in it. And I yeah. think uh, if you're looking for, for a worker placement game that has some interaction, this is this is a good game for that.
0: Yeah. So, Chad, is there anything else that you're like, Oh, I would really love to get this game at Essen. I mean, is there anything like top on the list? Well, I'll just talk about a couple real quick. I mean, of
1: course, there's on Mars, but if you listen to the podcast at all and you don't know about on Mars, I I don't think we can be friends. So, but <laughs> but I will say, uh, I'm I'm actually looking forward to Clank Legacy. Okay, because and I'll tell you why it's not. It's not the heaviest game, but this is a game. Clank is a game that my family loves to play, and so I think this is going to be the first legacy game that I'm gonna I'm gonna get to play with them because they really like to bring this game out. Everybody really enjoys the deck building and and the race and all that kind of stuff. And I've I've heard great things from the advanced reviews, uh, so I think. I'm, I think I'm really going to enjoy that. So that's one that I'm looking forward to. Just the legacy elements in it are supposed to be really great and really change the game. And again, then you have a, a clank that you can play afterwards when it's done. So that's one of them. Uh, the other one that I'm really actually, that has sort of piqued my interest is, I believe it's called Crystal Palace from Furlan Spiele. And that is a partner with Capstone Games. Uh, Capstone has a bunch coming out, too, that we, we love. But I'll just talk about this one. This is uh, from Karsten Lauber. And I'm really looking forward to this because it's it's a dice placement game again, which we talked about. We, we like, of course. Now, with this one, though, you can have higher numbers. You you. can have you, In fact, you can pretty much have your die, from what I understand. You can pretty much set your stats on your die at whatever you want and the higher the number is better but you have to be able to pay for those pips so that's kind of an interesting economic way to balance that that stuff out which i'm really looking forward to and also the 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 first world fair in london is the theme for it. that's why it's called crystal palace but i'm really i'm really excited about it so and i've heard a lot of good buzz
0: cool richie is anything that you're like oh boy i would love to be at Essen and be able to grab a copy of this I'm really
2: trying not to look (laughs) just because I'm trying to clear out my collection and not add too much more to it
0: i'm gonna try to add more to it okay
2: <laughs> <laughs> what i really want to talk about is the santa maria exploration deck because one that game just does not get enough love only me and clef <sighs> even talk I, about I it i
0: do not understand why people more people don't I, like that i have game. no it clue is, and every time we try to play, play with chad, chad he's like half it. asleep
2: it blows my mind <laughs> during the game so we don't no. <laughs> so if you haven't played santa maria go out and play it and then go buy this uh it's actually a little mini expansion it adds uh six nationality cards which kind of looks like those are kind of like the mamas and the papas and video culture so it gives oh, you a okay. new starting uh, everyone will get a card and they'll have a different uh, starting resource and different things like that and then it will also add achievement cards which you'll draft at the beginning uh, of the game and as you fulfill them throughout the game you'll get different bonuses so i think from the sounds of it almost seems like player powers, almost or just differentiates you a little bit in this game so i'm excited for that i'm excited to get santa maria back to the table i'm glad they're still supporting it even though we're the only two people that talk about
0: it yeah well they're they're crazy. So all right, very nice. Um you know, I'll I'll give my normal plug to one of the best game companies out there in Capstone. They've got you can just go to Capstone and get enough games from messing to make you happy. I mean, between Bus, obviously Irish Gage, you know, if you haven't had a chance to get that, definitely that's a very awesome game. Hey, Richie,
1: you just played um,
2: Irish Gage with yeah, us. Yeah, we played that at the birthday uh, game day. Very yeah. good game. We played yeah. it twice. Solid. Yeah, twice. It twice. twice in a row. Yep. Yeah, And okay. definitely at five players was, I think it's a five, just a five-player game. Uh, I, I liked it at three, but once we played it at five, I was like, oh, yeah. i I've went. never, it's tried, it okay, yeah. I've never yep. tried it at it's four.
0: Okay, I've never tried it at four. I'd be willing to try it at four. Okay. But uh, Capstone Mari Carbo is coming out from Alexander Fister. We've got Cooper Island coming out from Odie. Uh, Ode? Ode. 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 And- uh, and- Andreas Ode. Odendahl is his full name. Exactly, what Chad just said. Um and then, I mean, really, probably the greatest sequel or, you know, extra to a game that's ever come out, uh, Marco Polo 2. Wow, we took a lot of time and uh, coming up with that name, huh? <laughs> well, I th- what should I, we call I think it? The, the subtitle is <laughs> The Marco Polo Wing.
1: The Marco Polo <laughs> Marco Polo 2, The Marco Polo Wing.
0: But I don't, I don't really that. care because I love Marco Polo. So if it says Marco Polo 2, I'm going to be buying it. So, yeah.
1: I actually wish that maybe. I. I love to see an expansion that just says Polo, like, (laughs) you know, it went from the
0: voyages of Marco Polo, Marco Polo, Polo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. All right. So, well, there's really Essen.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, there are a ton. We could spend all day talking about, but this podcast is getting long. Check out that Essen list. There are a lot of great games this year, in my opinion, coming out. So we're, we're looking forward to those.
0: So, you know, something we haven't done in a while, a draft, a draft. Let's do it. Woo! All right, Richie, tell everybody, how do we draft here at Punchboard Paradise?
2: So at Punchboard Paradise, we like unique lists. That's why we draft. And we're going to do a little serpentine draft, which all that means is if you draft last in the first round, you will draft first in the second round. And what are we drafting here today?
0: We are going to draft games that we would recommend that we have not played in over a year. All right. Well, we got to roll to see who's going to set
2: the draft order. Let's do it three, four, two.
1: Yeah, you you held up a five there, Chad. I landed like this. This What was it, Chad? All right, here we go. I'm going first. (laughs) He's ready. He's He's like not even worried about anything. (laughs) He's like, "And my first pick is (laughs) who's going second? I'm going first. Richie's going second. clef you're going third. Before I pick, I don't know if I I don't know if these are necessarily games I recommend. These are just games that I. I mean, I I would because I enjoy them, but these are just games that I haven't played in a year that I really want to get back to the table.
0: Mine's kind of half and half. A few of these are... I really liked this game and I would recommend it and I really want to play it. And then a couple of mine that I might pick are ones that I'm like, well, I played it once and I remember liking it and I would like to just try it again, but I'm not sure that I would recommend it because it's been so long since I played it.
2: Okay. And uh, mine, I have a long list here. Yeah. (laughs) The podcast definitely does not help. Uh, And I think with mine, it's more games one that I was surprised when I saw how long, I wrote down the dates of the last time I played it, how long it's been since I've played the game and, you know, games that i at least played once or twice where it's like well that needs to get back to the table so that's that's how i made my list
1: okay all right well with number one i'm gonna go with a splatter actually and that is gonna be antiquity uh i have not played antiquity in a while and i really want to get that back to the table I knew that you were going to put that. That's why it's my number one, Ooh, And it's number that one like for you, too. was like my only
0: worry in the whole damn draft.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. Ah! So Antiquity from the Splatter Crew is a very heavy game, I'd say. It's just very punishing as well. And But the great thing, and, and they have this in a few of their games, including the Great Zimbabwe, which I still want to get my hands on a copy of. But you get to pick your wet win condition. And so when you pick your win condition. Whenever you do that, then you get a special power for the game and by gosh, you better be able to pull it off then because it gets pretty difficult
0: most punishing game I've ever played I've, <laughs> I've said it before I have it's the only game I think in my life I've ever just flat said I quit yeah, I, I I, that. my entire board is graves I got <laughs> pollution everywhere I don't want to live in this world I'm just going to go <laughs> kill myself I'm right.
3: you, were, you definitely
0: cried
1: <laughs> uncle but that it is it is a really interesting puzzle I think uh, but you just have to make sure that you plan one of the big one of the big lessons in that game is plan where your wood resources coming from because you really have mm-hmm. to have it and if you start to run out you're in big trouble as well as space like graves and pollution can overtake you if you don't build a building to help yeah. with that so
0: I mean punishing but in a fun punishing way so you yeah. Chad, we got to remedy this one. If it's both on of our lists and number one on both of our lists, we need a remedy to remedy this immediately because I'm ready to give it another shot. And right. I haven't played it yet, I'm so down. I don't know. I might hate no, it, so but I'm pollution. willing to try it. Okay. I think I think Richie would. I mean, because you can be mean in that game too. Because you, you, yes, yeah, you can, yeah, sneak in on other people's area and start giving them pollution. I don't know if I want to play it with Richie. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All
1: right, well, before Clef changes his mind, Richie, why don't you give us your number one?
2: (laughs) So mine, we actually talked about in this uh, episode. Uh, Both me and Chad talked about this, and I have not played this since September 29th, 2017. It's my favorite Vital game, The Gallerist. You haven't played The Gallerist since 2017? No, and one of the things, especially with this podcast, if you miss a game night... Because I remember it wasn't that long ago I, that you played the gallerist. Yeah, yeah. And once I see Clef has played the gallerist and I wasn't there, it's like, well, I'm not going to see that to the
3: table <laughs> I know, right?
2: in a long time. I,
1: I know, That <laughs> happens to me all the time. I see, oh, played with Dan Smith. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. I
2: don't, yeah. I don't have to worry about that. So, and it's not a game that I'm, I have, I've, I think I played it once with, I think the last time I played it was with Jessica and, you know, I haven't played it since 2017. So, you know how that went. And So yeah, I'm gonna have to play it with one of you two. I got the new scoring (laughs)
0: expansion too. I
2: know, and I want that too. And yeah, yeah, the Gallers.
0: uh, The good news is, remember my my uh, resolution? resolution thank you uh i was trying to play my top 50 at least two times right and i have only gotten the gallerist in once this year so i still oh, okay. need to get it in there one more go. time all right so you're you you still got me ready to go all right all right, all right. well clefster you get two picks coming around okay good news my list was deep even since the first one got snuck out of me <laughs> but uh i'm i'm, I'm sticking with splotter and a game that i played whew boy a ton when it first came out and uh i mean i'm talking oh, well over 10 times got to play this but i haven't played it in well over 2 years and i've been kind of having a hankering to get it back to the table and and kind of see what's going on and obviously a little catch up is uh you know thinking my my intrigued me to see what they did with that expansion but that's a food chain mandate uh, <laughs> mandate mandate you want a mandate with food chain mandate a food chain magnate uh is definitely a game that i would really recommend and i haven't played it in forever and i'm i would like to get it back to the table A clef Yes, I am interested in playing. So anytime you want a mandate with food chain, yes. I am in. <laughs> did you get the catch-up? Such a sweet mandate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you get yeah. the catch-up
1: expansion?
3: Have I you talked yourself into yet. it? Yet? It's
0: oh, tough whoa. because that that that
1: expansion is almost as as much as I paid for the game right now.
0: Well, yeah, but if you like the game, then you know yeah. the expansion's worth it. Come on, yeah, no you chance. guys are just enablers. <laughs> come, on come on now, come on. All right, all right. Uh, so that's number one. My number two, I'm going to go with as. a a what's your game that I have not played in over a year, which is Vasco da Gama. Okay. Oh
2: yeah. Yeah, This
1: one doesn't get as much love. So
2: we had scheduled that to play, uh, before we went to the uh, Great Plains Festival. Yes. And, but then we played Arkwright, and that took six hours. So we did not get to <laughs> get So to my it. time was a little off.
0: A little, yes, yeah, a little bit. We figured that out. Uh, yeah, this is, and an, it's a very interesting game in um, the fact that you have to pick these different numbers that you basically put out on the board to then, and those numbers are how you kind of do these action spaces as you go along. But there's like a a movement of a like a a spot that will then either charge you money or you'll get money so it's kind of a little bit of a pressure luck like oh if i take an early number to go do an action i might for sure get to do that action but i'm gonna have to pay more money to do that action where if i maybe take one that's a little bit of a higher number i know for for sure i'm not going to have to pay any money so it's got a lot of neat euro mechanisms i mean it's it's a really really good game i mean I'm terrible at it. I have never won it. I went back and looked, and I mostly have played it with my friend Corey, and that's one of those games I just do not win. He's beat me every time in it, but I still really like it, and obviously i got to get it back to the table, so i got a chance to win it. This, this is one that definitely I'm going to try to get to the table here soon. So cool. my number two pick is going to be Vasco da Gama. Great pick. What's your game?
1: I haven't played that, so I'm down to play it. I've cool. Never played yep, it. same
2: here. All right. Richie, back to you. All right, I'm going to see if you guys can guess this one. So I have not played this one since June 3rd, 2015. Wow. We tried to play it two Origins ago. so I mean, it still could have made this list even if we would have gotten it in. But the table was too small. And then we ended up playing Russian Railroads, Clus variant,
0: uh, where we okay, scored 600
2: it. points. <laughs> It was a fun game, (laughs) but do you know what the game was that we packed up before? Yes. What's that, Clough?
1: Do you not remember? I I can't remember. I think I had little
2: sleep.
0: Argent, the consortium. That is
2: right, sir. And
0: good news is, if I'd gotten it wrong, we could have just edited it.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I
0: knew it. I knew it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So Argent, it's high up on my. I think it's in my top twenty-five, and I have not played it. Forever
0: Top 25? You haven't played it in four years? Man. I don't know if it's in your top 25 anymore there, buddy. We've tried. I mean, uh, we tried. Two Same years, years ago? <laughs> He's been thwarted.
1: He's been thwarted. <laughs> I am down. I've never played I got the expansion for this, and I've never played it. I, don't I know. have not
2: played the Mask expansion. Yeah. I've played, I think the last time I played it, it was with Jessica, a two-player game, and we played the Summer Break. Well, I can't remember what they call it, The Bells, the Summer Break little variant that yeah, they have in there. Yeah, the Bell Tower That's thing. Good, for, yeah, good for 2 players. So, yeah, Argent, the last time I pulled it out, I put an insert. In it, and uh then it's it's been sitting on the shelf since then. And oh. you sold it, didn't you?
0: Well, my it it made it to the cell shelf.
2: It's on the cell shelf. I,
0: I like the game. I just uh I don't know. There's something about it that just that just didn't make it stay in my collection. I don't know how to say it. I, I don't know.
1: It's a it's an
0: interesting mix, though.
1: It really does some interesting things. First of all, the the. It's really interactive. I mean, zapping people out of a sure, space is absolutely. really great, yep. and there's just a lot in that game. Like level 99, I think that's what uh, level 99 games. I think that's what prevents that one from getting to, to the table. I mean, mm. you put an insert in, so that helps. But man, there's just so much a stuff. Lot stuff. Just, a lot of stuff. Just a lot of There
0: are meaningful decisions before you even set up the game. Oh, I right. mean, yeah. And you're the car. You got all these different cards and all these different treasures and all these different spells. And I mean, there is so much going on with the game. I don't necessarily. Would say it's a heavy game. I mean, most of the stuff is fairly simple on what it is, but there's so much going on. It just is a brain overload sometimes. I'm almost, you know, this game almost would say to me this has a lot of bloat to it. Uh, you know, oh yeah, it definitely it be, does tough for you know does. where you're like i'd like something a little more streamlined this game whoa boy they've just thrown the kitchen sink of this and continued more stuff has kept coming into this game right yep.
1: level 99 likes to do that with their games but i would still say that this is one of trey chambers mr trey chambers masterpiece i i i'd, I'd love to play this soon so yeah
2: it's definitely my favorite level 99 games and oh. like i said it and plus the first rule book was not great and uh, they redid it in this last uh, Kickstarter that they did the mask uh, one. Uh, but, yeah, I, I need to get back to the table. So, Argent.
0: Yeah, you still got me ready to play. All I right. still enjoyed right. it enough that I would play okay. it. I just That's didn't think hear. it was enjoyable enough for me to keep in my collection. Yeah. All Makes
3: right.
1: Sense. All right, Chad. Okay. My next one that I would like to play is Aura at Labora we've only had one play of this really no well, and, well, and I mean would long time ago, huh? I, I would like to to get this back to the table again we played I think sometime last year when I first when I first got my copy and there there are a lot of interesting decisions to be made there I think and I love the resource wheel and the way it's used in this Rosenberg game so I definitely want to get aura labora back to the table and uh, clef I, I know he's not always your favorite designer but richie i think it's from what i've read it's a really good two-player game in that okay. tip for tat so if if clef doesn't want to join me i definitely would uh would love to teach it to you sometime
2: yeah i would i would definitely play it so and it because it has a resource wheel like glass road right yes yeah.
1: yeah and uh and the way that the buildings the way that you got to put the buildings in your little uh area of your I don't know, town or kingdom is kind of interesting as well. So that is my number two or a labora. For number three, it's been a couple of years since I played this. I don't even know if I if it was my copy that I played, but I gotta get this back to the table. Dominant species. Dominant species is one that I really I can't believe I haven't played. The problem is, is that you have to have a few players to make it a, a good game. You know, you wanna have at least four, I feel like, to make this an interesting game and it takes some time to play you got to commit to to the time and it is a mean game so everybody has to be okay with that i mean some of those cards that are in that in that deck that come out are really are really uh really feisty i would say and the timing of it too to know when to speciate and all that kind of stuff is is important in that game and i i don't feel like i've i've played it enough to know that but that that game by Chad Jensen and GMT is a game that I, I really want to get back and and he has a game coming out I think he does uh, called Dominant Species Marine so that's kind of brought that back to my mind as well so Dominant Species is definitely one I want to get back to the table that's
2: the game that when I first got into the hobby and I was just looking around at different games that were rated high that was one that stood out to me
1: but I was scared off at the time by the length of the game I definitely want to try it you would like it Richie I, I, I don't know how you'd feel about the length but the mechanisms of the game you would really enjoy and it's up to you again what are you taking
2: my third one this one i'm gonna remedy here soon because i just traded 10 games and two expansions to get the english expansion for pillars of the earth Uh, last time i played it was march 15th 2018 so it's a game that i've always enjoyed it's not great at two that's why it doesn't hit the table uh, in our house that often Uh, but like i said i just traded a bunch of games away just to get the english copy of the expansion i want to get that to
1: the table quickly i really like that game and i was so glad to to hear that you were getting the expansion because i really want to get to try the game with the expansion and it is pillars of the earth is a lighter game but when i start to play it i'm always thinking to myself "Ah, there's so many great decisions in this game even even with the lighter game the way Mm -hmm. the cards come out you know and deciding oh man that i didn't know that card was going to come out maybe i now i need to change my strategy and i shouldn't go get that sand i need to go over here first and and then of course if you have four players and you're taking the the uh meeple out of the bag for that bidding thing that becomes a total surprise, you know, you were thinking, well, I hadn't expected to pay that much for the, for this action, but I guess now I'm going to have to. So, yeah, great, great game.
0: All right. All right, Gluff. this I, I only can pick two more?
2: You can know, pick I know, let's say we're going to have a lot of Honorable mentions. I, I yeah, think. <laughs> I mean,
0: I still got a deep list here. Okay, well, i'm the next game I'm going to choose, I, I don't know why this hasn't gotten back to the table. It's one of those games that I've sometimes all suggested, but it doesn't quite hit the table. And I think part of it, it's not great at two player. I think it's more of a, a three and a four, or at least it shines a little bit at three or four. And well, I don't even sure. Maybe you can't even play this two player. I can't remember now because it's been so long. <laughs> We all sat down and played this game and we were, were shocked at how much fun it was and yet for some reason we haven't gotten back to the table.
2: Oh, was it a was it a birthday game day? No.
0: Might have been. Might have been. We have a lot four of those. player game? Uh, I mean, I think you can actually play five. I think we played it four player though with yeah. Josh. I, yeah, 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 I think uh, this
2: is also on my list. But go ahead. By,
0: by Mr. Feld?
2: Yes, exactly. Rialto. You can play a two-player. Oh, yeah, that's you
0: can right. play yeah, you two. Can. Okay. Well, I I don't know why this hasn't gotten back to the table. No, there's no real good excuse
1: for it because we we except really for, liked it
0: except for we have to play you know, black Angel. you know, out. So, don't oh. cry for us. Oh. people. Don't <laughs> yeah. cry. For us. It was on my short
1: list
2: for my birthday game day, along <sighs> with the, some other games that might come up here in a second. I
1: almost that's... texted you when I was going to be late and said, please don't play Rialto without me. If you didn't, <laughs> if you're going to.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, well, definitely this is a must get back to the table here soon. I, I couldn't even tell you how to play the game anymore. I'm going to have to be completely retaught, but I know I liked it. So yeah, I'm, we I'm all ready, enjoyed it. And for some
2: reason we just have not it. busted it back out.
0: Yeah so all right so my number three is rialto by mr stefan feld oh uh, boy what do i take as my last one i mean that's a great game that's a great game there's just so many great games and boy i'll give you three
1: honorable mentions okay after oh, the end
0: oh my god i don't know if i can do three honorable no, that, mentions. i want five of them okay no. <laughs> well Okay, I'm going to go with this one. And this is the funny story about this one. And You'll right away, you'll know what game this is going to be. When I first got this game, I was very excited about it. I played it a couple of times. I liked it. And then as time went on, I was like, eh, I don't really know if I like it and it made it over to the cell shelf. Then this little game called Age of Steam came along, and I played it, and all of a sudden now I'm like, oh, man, I really like this. And now I'm like dying to get this game back to the... It's well off the cell shelf now. It's main ready to go, and that's Railways of Nippon, or, you know, certainly Railways of the World or any of the variants, you know, I would be willing to play. I I definitely would like to explore those type of games some more. And I mean, I, I remember... It's, it's good. I, I don't, you know, it's growth as a gamer. You know, I, I've I've grown since that moment when I put on the shelf self and now it's securely not on the shelf shelf.
1: So. Well, I, I will say that, you know, I think the only times you played it too is at, at two that's, i think so yeah I didn't, and so that's very different as well yeah and this this board this particular variant of railways is uh designed by hasashi hayashi as well so that's kind of interesting the other thing is i will tell you with my age of steam coming my my deluxe age of steam copy coming i have a railways of portugal coming designed by none other than vital lacerda with art by Ian O'Toole.
0: is, is it just me though is like Everything that gets reprinted nowadays, art by Ian O'Toole. Yes, I mean, oh yeah, everything. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, they
2: just
1: announced Rococo.
2: And yes, that's with, what I was just yeah. thinking of. And <laughs> Ian
1: O'Toole. You know what? Let me tell you. We played when I when when I had Rihanna over to play Irish Gage, and she sang Umbrella oh, for Beyonce. me. And then after uh-huh. that, <laughs> she she kept going. Oh my gosh, I love the look of this board. The colors, I love the colors. And actually, I watched a video from Sam Healy from the Dice Tower, who said, "I don't normally enjoy these games, but I love this board and the colors." And I yeah. mean, he he is a graphic designer and he markets the game very well. I mean, al- also, he he plays board games, so he knows sure. what, what is a smart design. But I mean, I just think he's really good at marketing a game. And it's to the point now where if he puts his art on a game, it's going to sell.
0: Well, and, and, you know, I know you like the art a lot for me, just his iconography and the way he explains a game. Very rarely am I ever like, I don't understand what's going on here. Very well done, and that's that's where I think he really shines. Yep. But yeah. Definitely. Anyways, yeah. So my number four pick is going to be Railways of Nippon. Definitely right. want to get that back to the table as soon as possible.
2: All right. My last one, I thought maybe one of you two would have picked it, because I think, I think the, the last date played might be the same for all of us, Um, and that is on July 15, 2017, I played Keyflower with you two. It's on my and list. we have not... Played it since that and was a birthday game
3: day. That was yeah, and a lot of birthday game days. I know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe we should stop playing good games on birthday game days because they don't get played.
3: Yeah, yet. that's what happens. <laughs> that's right.
2: And I, I bought an insert for it this year. Oh right, okay. Just to make it easier to get to the table, I brought it on my birthday game day. Yep, yep. Uh, and we did not play it. But,
0: you know, <laughs> the,
1: I will play I, this anytime.
0: I that's I, what we say.
3: <laughs> we still it.
0: Literally, I pulled this game out the other day. Uh, my friend Dan was over, and he's like, "All right, teach me something new." And I was like, "All right, I'm going to teach you Keyflower because this is once again on my list. I got to get it played two times by the end of the year." Mm-hmm. I pulled it out, and we we're ready to play it. And then all of a sudden, my son Mason comes downstairs. And so then we had a three-player game, and Dan goes, "Oh, I'd really like to do Zango," and I'm like, "All right." And so then I had to put Keyflower. I mean, I had it out. I was ready to go, wow, and then I didn't get it played. Rough. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't, I don't know what it, it is us. about that game. You got to remedy it quickly. For some reason, yeah. it,
2: it will not hit the table. I I almost have as much confidence in him getting Gricola played as you getting that play twice. Uh,
0: no, I, I would agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I have very, very <laughs> Come slim. On. I mean, Both I think it's a better, better shot than Chad getting a Gricola no. play. Maybe. Yeah. That's yeah, not yeah, true. yeah. Come <laughs> on. You know? One more play.
1: <laughs> also, I will say about Keyflower, the great thing about it is the is the blend of mechanisms. I mean, you got worker placement, you got tile placement, you got that auction bidding with the color meeples. Great, great stuff. All right. That was a great pick. Key flower coming around the bend. My last pick. Here we go. I'm going to say, I, I've got a bunch that I want. Uh, I, I did have railways of Nippon on my shortlist, but I, I, I can't pick that now. Obviously I'm going to go with a card game. Cause I love them. And it's a, it's a multi-use card game. And I just, I haven't played it in quite a while. And I just got a copy uh, last year, I think, for pretty pretty cheap with a, a bunch of the expansions in. Innovation from Carl Chuddock. I okay. really want to to get that back to the table. I I really liked my play of it, and I really like Carl Chuddock. I think that's one of his better games. Not my favorite, but uh, it, it's in that upper tier for me.
0: Mm, sounds like a night I'm at work. You guys can... Knock that
1: one out. <laughs> I've played that one online quite a bit. I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I, I really like it, and I think it oh, might be a Stephanie and I like game it. actually. So, right. I mean, yeah, I like. You guys should play that the together here. Yeah, <laughs> One of those days
0: you have off. <laughs> yeah. uh, this this was a lot easier than what I thought it was going to be. When I first, you know, they our Slack group gave us this suggestion, and we were all like, "Oh, that's interesting, you know."
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I thought, oh, man, you know, all my games that I love, I play all the time, but boy, you really start looking at it, you're like there's some that, the that slipped through the cracks." Slipped through the cracks, you right. know. Yeah. Uh so, Richie, give me some honorable mentions that you had on your list.
2: All right, so I'm only allowed to give 3, is that is that what we're doing? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: I'm just going to read my rest of my list, so I don't care what Chad says. <laughs> Chad, Chad always slips in like three or four games. And that, we're that, supposed is talking about two that is anyways. true. That is true. I might slip matter? in a couple extra ones.
2: Uh, Lignum, haven't played that since June 18th, 2018. Uh, Bora Bora, September 21st, wow. uh, 2017. That was a two-player game with Clef before Chad showed up for the birthday game day. So <laughs> birthday game days, we just need to stop playing good games. Okay. Um, And then uh, Modern Art, I haven't played since March 29th, 2018. Wow. I just bought the Korean version of that, so hopefully that gets remedied here soon. And I'm going to throw out Village, uh, June 18th, 2016. I have both expansions. Just bought an insert for it this year to try to make it easier to get out on the table. Still a great game.
0: I just played last week with Dan Smith. I won't be playing that. (laughs) I'll play it. I'll play it. Let's do it. (laughs) I like that game. Uh, All right, so um, my honorable mentions. uh, One on here is John Company. I got the one play of it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously it's not a very readily available game, but I would definitely like to get that back to the table.
1: Super jealous.
0: Um, This one I'm kind of embarrassed about Reef Encounter. I spent all that time getting it. (laughs) And, you know, I played it one time with my friend Corey, and it just, I don't know, it just hasn't come back out. Um, You know, the rules are a little clunky. And so, I mean, it's it's one of those games where I'm going to have to, like, almost re figure out the rules before I play it. And that's part of it. Because. Uh, but that's I haven't played that in forever. That's on my shelf um, of shame. Okay. Oh so, man, you um, have that, that game too?
1: Yeah, yeah I tracked it so.
2: down. Oh, then. what
0: the heck!
1: I have not played it. <laughs> I haven't played it at all either. Uh, <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, five tribes. Oh you yeah, know, I mean, that I'm
0: was on my like, list as well. Dying to get it back to the table, but I mean, it's you know, good game. Uh, London, haven't played London in forever. I, I just played it. Yeah, it's we just played that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you guys go. <laughs> and then my last, Porta Nigra. Uh, game oh, that I was been really talking about that a lot. Yeah. yeah and that's definitely one that I think you want to play with more than two also just kind of because it's a area control type of game yep but uh, yeah that's another one of those games that I would I would like to get that back to the table I mean
1: I've I've got that I mean I got it for like 10 bucks at a super sale and it's sat on my shelf of opportunity as Philip Millman would put it <laughs> but uh, but yeah I, I haven't gotten to play it and I would really like to so well okay really quick my my three are are going to be uh Paris Connection cuz I would I would like to get that now that we played Irish Gage I want to get some more Winston type okay, games sure. back to the table. Okay. This is known as in a, a previous printing NS CF NSNC NCF something like that. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> uh it, it's sure. it's a quick, you know, 15 minute game with bidding and and tile laying placement. So I uh, I'd I'd really like to play that again. Also Import-export, which is coming up here very soon. Uh, I got in on the Kickstarter, and so uh, the Jordan Draper game. And again, this is patterned after Glory to Rome, but it's got container mixed in. It, it's probably a little bit clunkier than than Glory to Rome, but I, I, I'm I excited to play it because I, I really enjoyed it, the, the plays that I have gotten of it. And I'm excited to have my own blinged out copy when that comes in. The last one I'll put in is Detective, actually. Uh, Detective from Portal Games and Ignacy Trevicek. And I'm on... uh, We finished case three, uh, and we just can't get back to the table to meet. I played it with Jake, a local listener, and we just can't get four and five done. And I'd like to do it, because I actually got for for a song really cheap i got the la one which i actually want to try to play with my mom because it's kind of a shorter case and she loves that kind of stuff so i would like to get detective to the table again and finish that out so i can move on to the next one
0: um i didn't hear any of us say container I'm i, I sure had we... it on my list but if i'm only going to give three oh, yeah i, I, I put uh, it on there okay
2: well, uh, yeah uh, container we'll throw a container out there as
0: well. well i I'm telling you, Richie. I think it was just a really bad play. I, mean, I, I want to try it again.
2: I, I mean, a lot of people that I trust like the game, but yeah. I mean, we ours was just a that was a dud game that we played a bit.
1: And you uh, can have sure. that sometimes yeah. with that game. I think. Yeah. But I, did we play it at three or four? It was just the three of us.
2: Yeah. yeah. I,
0: I, of I think I. I think I'd enjoy it. It, it might a little be more a better four and, four and five player four. game. Yeah. yeah. There. So
2: now, how's this poll going to work? Good question. Okay. Are you really winning? Are you really winning? Yeah. Imagine it because you're not playing good games. Yeah. You're. Yeah. Well, I mean, we are it? playing good games. We're just not yeah. getting I guess hard. you can
1: say you can vote for whoever you think should get their games to the table sooner. So okay. It, it, right. so, so go visit our, our BGG Guild on BoardGameGeek.com. You can go to Guild 3227, and we'll have a poll up when this episode drops, and you can vote for one of the three of us. If Let's say you'd like to sit at our table and play these games with us. So you can vote for that okay. one. Okay. All Here right. we go.
3: I like it. Is
0: there an opportunity coming up where they possibly could sit down and play some of these games with us? By golly, I think well, there is. <laughs> holy moly. Uh, so, yes, the three of us are going to be at a local con uh, hosted by a a podcast called Across the Board, and it's called ATB Con, and that is going to be in January. So it's actually January 17th, 18th, and 19th um, at a place called, it's actually just outside of Omaha in a little town called Nebraska City, but it's a place called the Lead Lodge. And basically this is kind of a, uh, I mean, it's a hotel. And it's got a big room for us all to play games in. Um, It's kind of a, I think it's, I don't know a lot about it, but I think it's more of a, you know, during the summer, you know, people go to there to go do stuff or whatever. So it's, you know, going to be pretty empty, I think, for, for us to play games. Or well, whatever. and
1: it's the home of Arbor Day. Nebraska oh. City is the home of yep. Arbor Day. So you go there to for apple picking and stuff generally when that's in season. Right now, it's probably humming along quite a bit. But uh, those
0: are for people who like trees and yeah, stuff. Right yeah, yeah. Trees okay. and walking outside. Uh, Not for yeah. you, Clef. No, 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 no. Well, I like trees. They do make cardboard out of trees and punch board out of trees. So <laughs> I, that's <laughs> always a good thing. You're, you get stomped on by an ant. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, this is going to be, I mean, this is going to be a really nice con. I mean, not only uh, you, you're you going to get your hotel room, but you're also going to get all your food is included in the uh, the, the ticket price. Uh, so in this, it's going to be like a buffet type of food. Uh, they've also got like there's a full bar at this hotel. So that we're going to have opportunities where uh, the other day I saw some slack. Uh, Messaging going on on the across-the-board Slack chat, and they were all sitting there talking about different the different beers and the different drinks that were there. So, I mean, there's a lot of great things, uh, that, you know, that that this place offers. And the price for the entire weekend, so if you're interested and you want to come out, like I said, it's going to be uh, Friday during the day and through Sunday evening. So, I mean, two nights in the hotel, um, your food all paid for, plus the Basically, your badge for the con is all just $299. So that is a steal of a price when you really think about what you're getting for it.
1: Right. It's basically room and food, and then the board game stuff is extra.
0: So. Yeah, I and mean, yeah, and and you'd get a chance to play a game with us. I yeah. Mean, yeah, I mean we're that we're down. We're already
1: awesome. making yeah. plans for eighteen XX games. Maybe some plans for Game of Thrones games. We'll see. And Clef's not doing that, but anyway, we'll we'll see. <laughs> no, no, we're, we're, we're you know we'd love to have you come game with us. It'd be a great time. Also, the positive thing about coming to nebraska city in january is you don't have to feel like you want to walk outside because you've been board gaming for too long no no you just stay there you don't feel guilty about not going outside at all for for anybody who doesn't know anything
0: about nebraska in january it's cold it's cold and there's snow and it's cold so what should you do when it's cold and there's snow play board games play board games course when it's 70 degrees and beautiful outside i still say go play board games but (laughs) (laughs) Um, if you so if you're interested um you can certainly contact us at our normal outlets and we can get you to uh mr ryan freshman is the main organizer of ATBcon we can get you in contact with him or you know if you'd like to message him directly uh, you can pretty much just f- find ATBcon um, or go to their guild on bGG and you can contact him but we can get you in touch it should be an amazing weekend. And I am I'm really looking forward to it and we would love to, you know, have some of uh, the punch boarders out there to to hang out with us. Yeah, that's really that's
1: really the the impetus for this. We want we wanted we want time with the punch bunch. So if you think you can make it, we would love to play games with you. That's really what we're gonna be there for.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, our our good friend uh, Mr. Raymond Chandler the third um, has already told me um, that he's gonna let us have another uh, copy of City of the Big Shoulders so we can uh, give it away. Uh, it's gonna we're gonna we're gonna kind of donate that to the ATB guys and uh, I don't know if it's gonna be a play to win or a raffle or exactly what they're gonna do with it, but uh, another opportunity to win a copy of uh, City of the Big Shoulders. Well, there you go. If you That's, really wanted that, yeah. then come come for a copy of that too. Yeah, I mean you know you could spend the hundred and get it off his website or you could spend three hundred dollars and come play games with us and have a chance to win it there you go that seems like a much that's better a better idea. deal
1: we've been looking ahead to this event right but i think the past is important too so maybe it's a it's time to just take a look back to yesteryear and time for our punch board previous plays mm-hmm.
0: And what is our previously played... Game, Chad. Clef, this is the game
1: that changed your board gaming life. Oh. And we reviewed it a Yahtzee. little over a year ago. Yeah, Yahtzee. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I wish I could change my uh, life. <laughs> It's Brass. Brass uh, Lancashire and Brass Birmingham. Uh, uh, so do you need to go over what we all gave it previously? I think everybody should know what we gave it. What did you give it? I gave it a six. This is the okay. only six okay, sure. that I've given out so far. I'm okay. pretty judicious with my six not like y'all. I don't just hand them out like, uh-huh. you know, like love notes in class or whatever. Let's not talk about the fives you've been handing out. So,
0: <laughs> let's, let's just, or the fours that were just handed out not too long ago. But anyways, moving on. I mean, I don't really know what more I can say at this moment.
2: No, I mean, it's definitely the the game that we have probably mentioned the most on the podcast. No, I would, would say. think so, yeah.
0: too. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: I, I, I think everybody must know how we feel about it. But speaking of everybody, we should give a couple of views from our, from our guild and, and see what they had to say about Bradford. Yeah, Brad. we'd we love to hear about that. A
2: yeah. lot of comments in the, the guild on this one.
1: So Evan Scussell from our guild said, well, I have played both games many times and both would be a six on your scale. For me, Lancashire is the better game. The additional resources adding to Birmingham, both the ones you use to sell into markets and the ones you use to sell, period, beer, weaken the game for me. They don't strengthen it. Here's why. In Lancashire, you have ports and you have cotton. There's a symbiosis there. If I choose a port strategy, you are going to choose a cotton strategy, and maybe a third person is focusing on ship. But there's a race to sell your cotton into these ports because the distant market demand will exhaust at some point, and you may not flip your tiles. That makes the game far more tense for me, and you really have to be mindful of what your competitors are doing. Turn order is far more critical in Lancashire than in Birmingham, and you may actually take back-to-back loans just to go first in the subsequent round. Much of what I have said is also true in Birmingham, which is another classic game in my book, but you could be doing manufactured goods while I do cotton, while another player is doing pottery while a fourth player is doing beer, or iron or coal. Demand never exhausts in Birmingham, so the game is more about long-term solitary planning than what others are doing on the board. The only real fight in Birmingham is for links, which also Exists in Lancashire, so there's no real difference there. Because of the higher degree of player interdependency and interaction in Lancashire, I find it to be the far more satisfying game to play, but my group greatly prefers Birmingham, probably because it is the more Euro of the two games. That doesn't bother me but I wish they wanted to play Lancashire more. Also, of the two Roxley games, I vastly prefer the map in Lancashire to Birmingham from a playability perspective. I find the Birmingham map a shade too dark for my life. So that was kind of an interesting analysis there. Yeah, it was very well written.
2: And here's the thing. If someone started going into why they like one or the other, I'd be like, yep, just put it on the table. (laughs) Whatever you want to play,
3: (laughs) throw it on the table. we play either one of them. There you go.
0: And I, I get what he says. I definitely, yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand definitely that there is a little bit more freedom in Birmingham for being able to to sell. I certainly think that there's points where it's a little bit tighter with the fact that you have to have the beer to do certain things. It's not quite as easy to build rails and such like that in the uh, in the rail phase. But totally agree and understand what he's saying.
2: All right, Cliff, I got one. That I think you'll, you'll, you will love to hear. Okay. okay ready? All right. But remember so,
0: I've, I've been training the whole time. So I have not even read any of these. So this is all, all right. brand new to me.
2: So this is from Bryce. Okay. I uh, like Bryce. Bryce is a good guy. Yeah. Bri- good guy. Bryce is a great guy. Okay brass is a great game but didn't make my top 10 of the year
0: okay you can just stop right there we'll just move on bryce just down nope Nope. out
2: so i'd give it a four on the punchboard paradise scale since i'm happy to have it in my collection at my beck and call now here's the quote that i think that you will be most interested in Clef. brass is not the best martin wallace train game of 2018 that would be can you guess what it would be
0: Probably that Cthulhu your train <laughs> yes, the Aust- game or something. Australia
2: game is his favorite.
0: <sighs> Bryce, I, I still like you, but you're wrong. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I haven't played Australia, but
2: now I I bought and played it. Okay. And I actually bought and played it based off of Bryce's co- comment here, just because I wanted. I had to play it. And if I hear that, I got to play it. You okay. did play Australia? Yeah, I bought oh, and played oh, it. Okay. Yeah, bought what and you? played it. It's a good game. I, it's yeah. actually much better than you. What you like when you look at the cover. And you're like, ugh. <laughs> but I, I did enjoy the game. I, I, I cannot agree that it's better than Brass. Like,
1: for right. me, it would be a four. Okay.
3: Okay. Yeah, Some and I kind can of see flip. that. Yeah. So you kept Bryce, it, though. You'll cause... play it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll
2: keep it. I'll play it. And... In your play,
1: did did somebody win it, or did Cthulhu win? Uh,
2: Yes, I did, I did win, but barely.
1: Okay, cool. But barely. I would yeah. like to play it again. I I, I saw it uh, for, for cheaper, and I was thinking about getting it. But if you have it, I'd like to play it again. Yeah. All right.
0: Well, Clef, why don't you why don't you take us home? Read, read this one right here. Well, this person's not going to tell me that Australia is better than brass. <laughs> all, right. all right. From El Moen, possibly. It says, I love it! Exclamation point. On my game shelf, brass can't rust. All right. Very nice. And then finally here, our last one is going to be from Tony Lawhorn. Brass was my number one game of last year having never played the original Brass Birmingham is my current number one game. Love it. All in caps, exclamation point. Those are two of the smartest listeners that we have in the whole show. (laughs) Well, I would say it's interesting
1: because I, obviously if they've been listening to us, I, I doubt they could stomach hearing brass if they really hated the game. I could, I doubt they could stomach hearing it mentioned as much as they do. (laughs) They (laughs) They probably would have tuned out by now, but, uh, but yeah, I think that uh, our our guild definitely saw it as at least a four and up game. So yeah, there's a lot of praise for it in the in the guild. Worth so. having in your collection
0: if you still haven't gotten a chance to play it. You need to give it a shot if you like you know heavier interactive type of games because yeah. it really shines with the player interactivity and then just the the planning and everything about it is just an amazing game. But uh, I digress. All but
1: it's great to be back. Go I, tell me
0: we're done. Yeah, we're all done, what? finally. This
1: is it, man. <laughs> oh, we ready to keep going. Oh, man. Well, you, you've, been, you've been cooped up in that hotel
0: know, room too long. Yeah. So, Oh, but it means we can go play a board game.
1: Yeah, that's right. Let's get okay, it.
0: never mind. We're out
1: of here, people. All right. Well, guys, thanks for listening, and we hope you all have a great night. Next podcast, we're planning on uh, doing a pretty hot game, speaking of all the Essence stuff. Barrage. Ooh. Oh,
0: Mr. Luciani. That's right. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. Have a great night.
1: Thanks for listening. See ya. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise.